Sit down, strap in, and granny put your teeth in your pocket. Lead Lap Radio, powered by HMS Motorsport, the leader in motorsport safety, starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Lead Lap Show here on the Performance Motorsports Network. Tom Baker with you. We are looking forward to this program. This show presented, as always, by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Joining us in our brand new home in the WSIC studios in Statesville, North Carolina, are a lot of people tonight. We got a full house inside the studio, and we're excited about that. Greg Galding, seated to my right, NASCAR Xfinity Series racer, currently sitting P13 in the standings and out a really good sixth place run at Bristol. We're going to talk to Gray here in a moment. We've got uh, a couple of local racers from the Legends of the Bandoleros, 11-year-old Luke Morey going to be joining us. He races Bandoleros here in the uh, Carolinas region and 15-year-old Justice Calabro also going to join us. Both of them are uh, joined by Young Master Jordan Stillwell over here uh, to my right. Don't who is, blow uh, his head up any more than it already he's, is. You know, he's Jeez. sort of the crew chief, car chief, bottle washer, everything. Um, PR guy. Jack you know, of all trades, yeah. master of none. Yeah, and uh, Jordan in the studio as well. And uh, so we'll uh, we'll sneak him on for a little bit if he wants to a little bit later on in the program and talk to him about uh, what they've got going on at Stillwell Racing because uh, they're doing some cool stuff. So we've got um, a big show, of course. I think the big story, um, Jacob Seelman with me as well in the studio, and of course our producer, uh, still wearing the rookie stripe, but he's rapidly uh, going headed toward losing that here. James Mellick with us from the Carolina School of Broadcasting. Jacob, our big story, obviously, of the, of the Monday night would have to be um, the heartbreak for Matt DiBenedetto. Um, man, you there. I don't know if there's even an emotion that you can come up with to describe what happened with Matt on on Saturday night. But uh, he got a second place finish, and I think he made a huge statement to the NASCAR world that uh, someone with a top ride needs to pick him up and drop him in said seat for 2020. That's an understatement. Now, what you call heartbreak. In the same breath, I'm also going to call equally as inspiring yes. because I don't think there really was, was a driver in the garage area that I saw that didn't come up and say something or offer a hug or a kind word to Matt after that race on pit road. What that team did, and a little bit later Red uh, can probably speak even more to this, what that team did on Saturday night was nothing short of A, exactly what they set out to do, and B... Uh, uh, was on the verge of just completely turning the playoffs upside down. If if I'm Daniel Suarez and Clint Boyer, as much as I'm breathing a sigh of relief that Matt DiBenedetto didn't win, I'm also looking at that and going, oh boy, if he can do that, uh, (laughs) you know, we, we may not be as safe as we think. But no, Matt was in tears on pit road after the race on TV, in the media huddle with all of us. Um... That was just cool. I really don't know what other word to use, but, you know, this is a team that knew coming in that Bristol was a racetrack where they could capitalize and pounce. They absolutely did that. Matt, to me, on Saturday night proved without 
a doubt that he belongs in a top ride at the top level of the sport right now and going forward, period, end of discussion. And if somebody doesn't pick him up for 2020, they're missing the boat. Yeah, I agree. 100%. We'll talk more about Matt here in a little bit. Uh, but uh, another driver who I think is proving that he belongs in top shelf equipment is the driver to my right, Greg Galding, having a really nice season with SS Greenleg. I've known you, I, we, we figured this out before the show, we've known you about 10 years since you were yeah. in Bandoleros. Um, and I got to give you mad respect, dude, because you are really running well this year and it's good to see you doing so well. That's another team that deserves to be up front and uh, deserves to be recognized and respected. And you've certainly brought that element to them. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Now we've had, uh, we've had a really good season. You know, it's been, uh, it's been a lot of hard work, you know, leading up to the year when, when uh, Bobby Dotter, the owner of SS Greenlight Racing, he said, you know, I want you to come drive my car. And I knew Bobby for a long time. Uh, you know, the relationship was there and, and, the, you know, a lot of people don't realize in, in business and NASCAR, you know, a lot of things have to add up and work to make it all happen. And uh, luckily enough, we we're able to get a little bit of funding and uh, Bobby just really rolled the dice on our whole program. Um, so uh, very thankful for him. But, yeah, you know, we've we've really made a statement this year as far as performance, you know, beating the top teams. I mean, we're racing, you know, Joe Gibbs racing car, Brandon Jones, uh, Ryan Segan, those guys for a playoff spot. I mean, yeah. if, if someone would have told me that, you know three, four months ago, I, I don't think I could have believed them. I, yeah, inside I thought it could happen, but the reality of it is, you know, you're, you're going up against the best teams week in and week out. So, uh, yeah, it's been a great, great year so far. We've, you know, finished second at Talladega, almost won that race, yeah. uh, and then sixth at uh, Bristol under the lights. So uh, pretty cool stuff. Well, it, it, it has, I'm sure, been cool for you. How did the whole thing with Bobby come together, and, and how did you end up there as opposed to somewhere else? Well, you know, Bobby, like I said, the, the personal relationship was there. You know, I have I've knew Bobby was one of the first people I ever met uh, in racing when we moved here. And uh, the funny thing is the first laps I ever took in a Bandolero were in his parking lot, the yep. same shop that we're racing out of today. So how the world, you know, comes around, you know, 11 years later, I would be his, you know, top driver is a pretty amazing story. But uh, the end of last year, you know, I ran Cup the last two years full time uh, for a little bit smaller teams, similar to you know Alex Bowman or Matt DiBenedetto. You know that that's how you got to get your feet wet. You know, so I I grew to appreciate the the sport more and, and racing on Sundays. But after a while, when you're racing for 25th place, you kind of lose that fire of competitive, right. you know, that competitive edge and. Uh, when when Bobby approached me about driving for him, I'm like, you know, this is the per perfect opportunity uh, for me to get that competitive edge back. I know I can win races. I know I can run up front, you know, like we have the top 10, top 5, top 15, you know. So uh, I knew I could do that. But it, it's all about having the right people, right stuff. And um, I knew with the equipment that he had, we could go do it. So uh, it's kind of wild how it all worked out. But we announced it last year at Texas Motor Speedway, and uh, here we are a few months later, and we're trying to, you know, make the playoffs. By the way, for those of you listening, we are not building anything in the studio here. That's just Gray being demonstrative with his hands hitting the uh, camera. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. He's a southerner. He talks yeah. with his hands. It's yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Ricky Bobby. I yeah. was born in New York State, and I talk with my hands. What's that make me? Well. <laughs> southerner born in the wrong part of the country, I think. Something like that. Yeah. He's also anyway. a race car driver as well. That's what they do. They talk, yeah. Yeah. They we talk use with our hands, hands a lot. Exactly. Yeah. You see it on TV all the time. That's yeah. what race car it's drivers do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Gray, I'm curious, because you mentioned the last two years, the cup experience that you've had. Dropping back to Xfinity this year, running full-time and being, you know, I would almost argue, in even a little bit better equipment now in the Xfinity series than what you had to work with in your two years at the cup level. Do you feel like, though, that you know, just being at the cup level helped prepare you a little bit more to come back down and really excel in this opportunity with Bobby? Yeah, definitely. You know, racing cup against, you know, my heroes, the the guys I watched growing up and, and wanted to race against, you know, when you're racing against those guys week in and week out, you learn so much. Even if, you know, even if you're getting lapped, you know, three or four times a race, like, you know, being able to talk to them and kind of pick their brain on advice. And, and they know they knew what I was driving. You know, I spent a lot of time talking to Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson was a great mentor of mine, uh, along with Denny Hamlin, you know, all those, all those guys. So, uh, yeah, you know, I feel like the last two years has really prepared me for this opportunity. Uh, like I said you know, earlier, I knew I could win and I knew I could be competitive because mm-hmm. uh, I had the, the confidence in my ability. But, like I said, you know, when, when you're able to get in that ride and get in that equipment and then go do it, you know, you kind of look back at my path and, and what I've done the last two years. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was it was not easy. It's hard, you know, to, to stay in a sport. I didn't have a sponsor. Luckily enough, uh, I had a lot of great team owners pay me to drive so I could pay my bills and, and keep me in the ride and, and just keep me out there every Sunday. You know, so uh, that was really important, and I'm very appreciative uh, of the people that, you know, kind of did that for me. Uh, Jay Robinson at Premium Motorsports was another guy. So, yeah, you know, racing against those guys, you you really learn a lot. And and you don't just learn, you know, about different racetracks or how the car is driving. You you really learn just by watching them, just by talking to them. Like talking, you know, Kyle Busch was another great mentor. You know, when you talk to that guy, you're like, this guy doesn't even need a crew chief. Like, he knows what he needs in the car. And, and um, so I built a lot of great relationships up. And uh, I feel like when I went, when it was time for me to go back down to Xfinity and show people that I do belong here and I do have the ability to go win and go compete, uh, I think that really took the turn of my career. I mean, I'll even say it. I know a lot of people in the press and the media are saying that I'm having a career, career year in which I, I agree with them. I really think so. And uh, it's nice going to the racetrack and seeing microphones in my face and uh, <laughs> and things like that, you know, compared to the last two years, which it really didn't feel that way. For sure. So second at Talladega, but sixth at Bristol, which I think a lot of people consider more a driver's track. Of the two, you know, really talked about runs that you've had this year which one do you you know do you put one above the other as maybe you know valuing it a little bit more because I I, as much as I was impressed by your Talladega run I thought Bristol was really a place where you guys shined just because of how much driver talent it takes to succeed there yeah no I agree with you a lot you know when it comes to Bristol Bristol's a driver's track and Bristol is actually one of my favorite tracks on the circuit so uh, you know going into the weekend uh, I knew that, you know, we kind of had a lot of pressure on us already. You know, uh, thanks to Panini and, and Patrick Mahomes, they decided to be on the car, and, and uh, we had him on the hood. So I really, really wanted a, a good turnout and a good run uh, for those guys. So um, I just knew going into there from what we learned in the spring, uh, our package that we had, we, me and my crew chief, Patrick Donahue, we really sat down at the race shop and just worked our tails off, like going through our notes. I keep a, a dialogue with me every week after every practice, every qualifying, and obviously after every race, I make my notes on where we could be better, where he maybe could have, you know, made a better call and, and things along those lines. But, you know, when it comes down to, you know, Bristol, to be able to finish sixth there and beat, you know, Joe Gibbs teams, Stuart Haas teams, 
and uh, in, in the equipment that I'm in. Not saying it's bad equipment, but we're mm-hmm. just we're such a small team. We have six employees total, wow, uh, including the truck driver, and we're out here, you know, just cutting our teeth and grinding and, and kicking some butts. So, uh, you know, uh, I really would have to put Bristol above Talladega, even though I almost won. I was six feet away from winning, uh, but. When it comes down to just one of those racetracks that you you really want to run good at, you know, in front of the fans, in front of the people, um, it's a big deal. And with that, we step aside for our first uh, timeout of the program, but we will be back shortly with more of Gray Galding and more as Lee Lap continues on the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their car, including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, this is Ross Chastain. You're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now, back to the show. 
Watermelons for everyone. Welcome back to yes. Lead Lap, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Also want to acknowledge our friends at strutmasters.com, the suspension experts. Doesn't matter if you're trying to get a better ride for your car or even your motorcycle. Strutmasters.com is exactly the way to go about doing that. Just jump on the website, get a hold of them, and they will take very, very good care of you. Chip Lofton and the folks at Strutmasters are the best at what they do. And we'll tell you more about our other uh, motorsports partner on this show, mycomputercareer.edu, in just a little while. They're doing something pretty cool that we'll talk about later in the show. They always do cool things. Yes, they do, but... but they're doing... This one involves the military, and you know how I love... Uh, anything that benefits the military. So uh, we're excited to talk about what they got going on. We'll do that a little later on. We got Greg Galding in the studio with us tonight. And um, Greg, I want to take you back a little bit because behind you in the studio are a couple of younger racers who are coming up the ranks that you actually, the path that you followed en route to uh, NASCAR coming up through Bandoleros and Legends what do you remember about your earliest days in the Bandolero cars? Because uh, there was some serious competition in your uh, kind of, if you want to call it, your class. Uh, you have Bubba Wallace and Reed Wilson, a whole bunch of guys. What do you remember about those days? And when you look back, what did the Bandos, the Legends, teach you that you're able to utilize now, even at the top levels of the sport? Yeah, you know, first off, the, the amount of memories, though, uh, that we made as a family. You know, we moved down here from Virginia um, and, um, you know, going back Bandolero racing, I mean, just wow. Like, it feels like yesterday. It's kind of hard to believe it was like 10 years ago, yeah. you know? So, um, no, it's been a great, it's been a great ride for me. It's been, uh, met a lot of great people when it came, you know, when it comes to racing and, uh, yeah, I had some of my best races and most memorable, you know, races right out there at the summer shootout. I mean, some of the, some of the times that I was able to, uh, you know, have racing against guys that are now racing in the cup series and, and guys you see every Sunday and Saturday, you know, fighting for wins. It's uh, kind of crazy how it all, you know, turned out. But, uh, yeah, seeing these young guys behind me, it uh, it kind of you know makes it so real. Like I was that kid, you know, 10 years ago and uh, just trying to claw my way and, and trying to figure out a way to get to, to the highest levels of NASCAR and, and to think that, you know, to go 10, back, 10 years uh, ago and, and to think that I was able to run, you know, the Daytona 500 and, and break records in NASCAR and, and uh, and do the things that I've been able to do. It's it's I'm um, very thankful for it. So here's my th- thought on that because when when you think back, uh, you know, you you made waves in Bandos and Legend cars really early because those were the days when you were actually uh, under the KHI banner, if I remember right, way back at the very beginning. I, right. I mean, at, at that point, did did you ever picture you know ten, twelve years down the road being at the level you're at and having a Daytona 500 under your belt, having the success you're having on a national stage? You know, I always knew it, it it would happen or it could happen, but you know, the reality of it is there's so many you know things that have to go your way. You know, I was very fortunate to, like you said, uh, drive for Kevin Harvick. You know, I raced Kevin at his go kart track at his house, and I ended up beating him a few times, and he was like. Well, maybe I should see what this kid can do in a stock car. So he put me in a stock car, and I felt like ever since that moment happened, my career was just it was taken to a different level. You know, I didn't I didn't come from a family with a lot of money. Uh, we were able to raise a lot of sponsorships uh, from that day uh, that I signed with Kevin Harvick and being able to brand with him. And uh, yeah, you know, it's it's just crazy 
you know, you think back at all those times and, and growing up racing uh, legend cars, bandoleros, super late models, you know, you just learn so much. And, and you always think in your head, like, how do I get to that level? How do I, how can I be Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, Brackett, one of those guys and, mm-hmm. and really go out and compete and um, to, to actually say that I've been able to do some of the things I've done. And I'm only 21 years old, you know, to have a brickyard under my belt, Daytona 500, um, you know, finishing second, you know, Talladega top 10 in cup. And it's just been it's been really cool because my whole career, I haven't had anything handed to me. I've really worked my tail off and I'm really thankful to have a great family. Also, my family's been there uh, for me every step of the way. And and uh, you you look back on all those great memories and and you just I'm just so appreciative because not only have I had good memories racing, but I've met so many great friends and people in this sport. Uh, This sport has truly brought me and my family so much joy, and uh, I'm just lucky to be able to do it for a living. Like, this is what I do for a living, and I love it. I want to take a tangent, actually, for a minute before we get back to, uh, to Bobby Dodder and what you're doing right now. But for a long time, people who followed your career knew you as the donut driver because you had Krispy Kreme <laughs> branding for a yeah, little while. Yeah, pretty much. But in all seriousness, talk a little bit about how that chapter came together because I, I feel like that's one of the more unique things about your story was, was that particular chapter and kind of really catapulting you into a name that people recognized. Right, yeah, definitely. That chapter was one of... Uh, one of my biggest highlights is to be able to, you know, sign with a, a 75-year-old brand at the time. Uh, Krispy Kreme signed me when I was 13 years old. Uh, and like I said, you know, we I came from a family that, you know, we, we knew that if we were going to make it in NASCAR, we don't, we don't have the funding to do it. And I feel very fortunate enough. My dad taught me a lot about interviews and how to talk to people, how to respect people. And when the, the day I met the CMO of Krispy Kreme, I, I guess – you know, the relationship just catapulted. Like, you know, he, he looked at me almost as a second son uh, to his other son. So it's it's really amazing to know the run we had. It was a five-year run. And unfortunately, it came to an end because they got bought out by a company overseas. Uh, but it's part of life. It's part mm-hmm. of business. But that chapter uh, of my career and life uh, was amazing. I was flying around on private jets uh, on Krispy Kreme's jet when I was in the seventh grade. I had to be homeschooled because... Uh, in 2012, I did 213 appearances in one year. So I was on the road wow. constantly. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Crazy. See, you're all excited about Krispy Kremes, but I was more excited about another sponsor that he had in that same era, James, True Moo Chocolate Milk. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We had those, too. Yeah. <laughs> it was the best cross-promotion, though, you know. Yeah, really. Donuts and chocolate milk. Donuts yeah. and chocolate I mean, milk. That, nobody re- knows about that, right? Real uh, health yeah. food. Real yeah. health food. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's that's another big part of our sport is the B2B deal, you know, right. and, and oh, how yeah. that came along was because the donuts and obviously chocolate milk. <laughs> yeah, they link I right mean, together for yeah. sure. So I got a question I want to ask you here. You obviously drove for KHI, one of the biggest companies there was at the time, and all of a sudden that business, you know, uh, went to nothing, and yeah. you were a free agent. Mm-hmm. Was there any point when you were at the highest high and then all of a sudden you're unemployed? Did you just think to yourself, you know, I'm ready to give this up, hang the shirt up, be done with it. And who was there for you to pick you up when they did? Because obviously they did because you're racing now. Right. Uh, who was there to do that for you and get you on your feet again and get you ready to go? No, that's a that's a great question. Um, you know, my career as a whole, it's, it's been a roller coaster. You know, I've been through the highs and I've been through the lows. And when Kevin Harvick Incorporated at the time when they had shut down, um, there's really nothing I could do about it. It wasn't, you know, performance. I mean, we I just won Rook of the Year, won a race. 
uh, everything is going my way, and then you get that call and, and it all stops. And you kind of catch yourself, like you said, you're like, is this really happening? Like You, you don't even want to believe it. It's like a nightmare. Um, but you know what, my, my dad, you know, my dad has always been in my corner no matter what. And, and, um, I, he really believed in me and he, he risked it all to, for my dream. Like I knew from the time I was five years old, this is what I wanted to do. And, and me and me and him really put our heads down and, and made it happen. We, we were cold calling every day and you understand, I, I was only, I was only 13 years old when all this happened. Yep. So imagine how fast you have to grow up when you go through some of those things. And, you know, I'm 21 now, but, you know, I look at all the things that's happened in my career. You know, the old saying, everything happens for a reason. And without those things happening, I wouldn't be where I am today. So I'm more thankful that I had to go through that at such an early age to prepare myself for cup, Xfinity, truck, when things don't go your way, like Matt DiBenedetto. I mean, obviously he's been through it before, but, you know, I, I can relate to what he's going through. I was there, you know, a year and a half ago. So you just got to keep working, man. And uh, like I said, I was fortunate enough to have a good family and, uh, and and friends and, you know, people around me that picked me up, said, hey, man, you can do this. Like, don't don't let this don't let this get you down. You're 13 years old. You got a whole career ahead of you. And, and you know what? I just kind of took that to heart and said, if I'm going to make it, I'm just going to keep digging and keep grinding. And uh, look, 21, you know, a couple years later, here I am. And certainly have had, as we talked about off the top, a lot of success this year in particular. You know, what's this journey been like with SS Greenlight and Bobby Dodder to build this team? Because I, I know having a team that can contend for playoff spots has always been part of Bobby's vision, but it seems like the connection between you and him and the pieces he's put around this team and you this year have really, you know, kind of been the catalyst to drive this team to another level. Yeah, well, that I think that was the whole reason why Bobby signed me. He He knew that, you know, his team was a you know, his team's really been a 20th to 25th place team for the past 10 years. And I think he was able to, you know, I, I feel like Bobby's smart enough to know that uh, I'm the kind of driver, I'm, I'm very aggressive, but I, I, I hate to lose. Like, I'm very competitive. You know, if we finish 15th, I want to know why we couldn't have finished 12th. You know, and I, I feel like he's always seen that competitive fire in me ever since I was, you know, really little. Um, so he, you know, like I said, when, when he contacted me, you know, last winter to say, hey, let's maybe you could come drive my car. And, and I, I kind of didn't take him serious because uh, we, we have talked about it for so many years, but it just our past never really, you know, crossed. And um, I like I said, I, I really think that was the whole reason for him to hire me is to take this team to another level. I think his vision was he has the people, he has the equipment and now, all he needs now is the driver. And I feel like. Uh, when I sit in that car every time, I'm going to give it everything it's got. I'm going to run it on the ragged edge every lap. And, and a lot of times, you know, when they are satisfied finishing 15th, last year, you know, it's kind of funny, me and my crew chief joke, you know, we finished 14th at Mid-Ohio a couple weeks ago, and we were so pissed off. We knew we had a top 10 car. We had a terrible pit stop, which is part of racing. Mm -hmm. But last year they would have been celebrating and went out and probably, you know, partied all night for 14th. <laughs> so that's the difference a year can make. And uh, I'm just thankful that I'm the guy that uh, he brought in to, you know, get his team noticed. Like, look how much, I mean, a lot of people really didn't even know SS Greenlight Racing, mm -hmm. you know. I'm not saying, you know, not in a cocky way, but I, I feel the confidence that I've been able to bring to this team is what's really getting us to the next level. 
Okay, and we're going to talk more with Gray. We've got Luke Morey. We've got Justice Calabro and much more still to come as the Legal App Show continues, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. We will be back with more of the program right around the turn. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lero Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media set ya. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Hey, this is Reed Wilson, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. <laughs> Welcome back to the League Lab show. Okay. That's a bit yeah. of irony. Well, here's here's my two cents on that because I'm gonna have I'm gonna have Gray record these before we get him out of the building, and we're, we, I think the challenge is going to be to find music that suits Gray as well as that track just suited Reed. <laughs> yeah, 
And and see if Gray can put as much energy as Reed did into that. Oh, uh, Gray doesn't have problem with energy. Yeah. We saw that at Bristol over the weekend. Well, we were just yeah. we were talking before the show about uh, some of the battles that uh, you and Reed used to have in the uh, Bandoleros and Legends cars, and you know both of you were um, both of you were very aggressive drivers. We'll put it like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> all my memories from Bandoleros and Legends is. You know, knocking around some people every now and then. You know, I mean, that's just chore track racing. And uh, no, I loved it. We, I had, I have a lot, a lot of great memories doing that. So, to get back to Bristol for a couple of minutes, what you know, that was a crazy race Friday. And I don't know what other word to use because I felt like my head was spinning the last hundred laps of yeah. that race, just trying to keep up with, you know, all the guys that were falling out and having problems. And here you just kept crawling up the order. For you, from your race, what was the most memorable part of that 300 laps on Friday? Whether it was, you know, I saw you locked in a couple of battles a few times throughout that race that looked like it was a lot of fun. No, it was a blast. Like I said earlier, you know, Bristol's, it's one of my favorite tracks. I mean, you show up and, uh, you know, you're able to beat and bang. And, and realistically, you know, Bristol laying the traction compound down, it, it kind of felt like the old Bristol. Uh, you know, you had to knock the guy out in front of you until until about halfway through the race the, the top did come in. I knew it would. Uh, eventually, but yeah, it was just, it was a lot of fun to be able to, you know, race and kind of, I never was, I don't think I was really alive when, when some of the best battles really happened at Bristol because of the way the track was back then. And, and to beat and bang the way we did was, uh, was really, really cool. But probably the most memorable moment probably was we had a loose wheel, uh, right before the first stage. And, uh, we almost like, I was a lap away from pitting under green. I had, you know, I was—I think I was running tenth or eleventh, and I dropped back like three or four spots. I knew my right rear. I thought it was going down, um, yeah. and we would have pitted under green. Uh, luckily enough, the caution came out, and we were able to come back down and, and change the tires and figured out it was a loose wheel. So, uh, thank God that that happened, and uh, it catapulted us to to keep digging and finish six. And you know, you mentioned you beat a lot of guys. Uh, Joe Gibbs cars. Um, you know, the cream the cream of the crop. You were up there racing with. You know, a couple of Penske cars. What is that like for team morale when you guys can come back to the shop and say, look at the guys we beat, you know, look at the guys we raced with? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, I was at the shop pretty much all day today uh, getting prepared for Road America this week. And, uh, yeah, you could just tell they're, you know, just by their attitudes and how excited they are to be at the shop and to get to work. I mean, Mm -hmm. I showed up to the shop today. You know, they're already grinding on my, you know, my, my road course car. And uh, we just kind of sit back and laugh like, you know, we were sitting there racing, you know, side by side with Austin Sendrick, uh, Justin Allegaier a little bit uh, there earlier in the race. And it's just crazy. Oh, I, the best battle was I, it was me, Joey uh, Logano and Eric Jones for I like 11. Yeah, that was, yeah, we were that three was pretty wide for race, about, actually. Yeah, we were three wide for about two laps. I don't know how I don't know how we made it work, but we made it work. Uh, so yeah, no, it's it's Faith. huge. Yeah, well that too. <laughs> well, I know they got plenty of, of experience. Yeah. So those those are the guys you can race with, but no, it's huge for our team. I mean, it it really does. I mean, it's nice going to the shop and hearing the phone ring. Talked to Bobby a lot today and he said, you know, people were calling him left and right congratulating us and mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of the people realize how big it is for us and and uh, just it's huge for me too, like I said, having a career year and to show up one of the toughest places you can go to, which is Bristol, uh, which right. is like I said, it's just a really good track for me, and I really got a good feel for it. But uh, also, the car drove pretty solid, so it all worked out good. How much have you learned from and leaned on Bobby this year, just for his experience and kind of as a mentor? 
You know, it's kind of funny. Bobby's an interesting guy. He he's kind of quiet. He doesn't he you know he doesn't sit on the pit box. He watches the race in the hauler on TV, and he just has a radio. He doesn't even put a headset on. He just has a radio that he can listen to. Um, so I, I kind of joke with him a lot. He he kind of. I don't know. It, our relationship, it's it's more of a personal thing. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. we talk racing because we're racers, and, he and you know, he is a racer. And, you know, he's – but it's kind of funny. We just talk about, you know, dumb stuff. We just laugh, <laughs> and we just have a good time together. And uh, I'm just fortunate enough to drive for a guy like that that uh, it's, it's just very easy going, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and if things don't – you know, if things aren't going our way or I have a problem with something or my crew chief has a problem with something, he's the first one to bring us in the room, sit down, let's talk about it. And, and I, I really think having a guy like that is, is what makes a successful race team. And that's why he's been a great owner in our sport for so long. So, uh, yeah, our relationship is, is pretty funny. And the Xfinity Series, I mean, that's they it, it needs Bobby Dodders and John yes. Davises and, and people like that because obviously without those teams, all you'd have are the mega teams. Right. So for a driver like yourself that's trying to prove a point or a Matt Benedetto or whomever it may be, um, that's the perfect opportunity to get that experience and show that you can make the most out of that equipment. And you've certainly done that. Yeah, thank you. No, I really appreciate it. Yeah, that, that was the whole goal, though, is, is, like I said, just to be able to reset and, and go after and, and just be competitive. Like, I, that's what I missed is, is being competitive and, and being up front. And, you know, with Bobby doing that and putting me in the car and, and making this deal happen, I told him at the beginning of the year I, I'll be his best salesman. You know, <laughs> where after this season, you know, I, obviously – uh, the plan is to be back with Bobby and, and, and you know, turn up the heat a little bit more mm-hmm. and try to win some races more with, with a little bit more funding, which we got working right now. But Good. I think after this year, he's going to have a lot of people calling to, to get in the second car or the third car, whatever it is. So mm-hmm. that was kind of my job from the beginning. So I got one for you. You mentioned earlier you talked to some of the big names like Jimmy Johnson, Kyle Busch, helping you drive. Bobby drove back in his day. Yeah. Do you ever talk to Bobby about some driving stuff? I know it was a different style car back then than it is now. Do you guys ever talk to each other about driving? Oh, all the time. Yeah. I always ask him, you know, just like what was his favorite track? Where do you like, you know, racing at the most? And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of funny, you know, you, you hear him and the way his driving style was. He he wasn't really a driver that, you know, kind of laid it out on the edge or ran next to the wall. Kind of a bottom feeder kind of driver. And uh, But, no, he's, he was a su- successful driver. I mean, he won a bush race, uh, had numerous poles, had a pole at Charlotte Motor Speedway. So I think Bobby was, you know, if people, fans out there know and watch Bobby, they he was a hell of a, you know, short track racer back in the day running – you know, ASA and, and, you know, traveling all over the country doing that stuff. So um, I, I really think, though, you know, besides him being a great driver, he's a great crew chief, too. You know, besides being a, a car owner, he did, you know, spend some time crew chief in the cars that he owned. He's really, really smart with the car. And, and I think that's where mine and his relationship has just groomed, you know, up so much this year is just you know, by talking to race cars, springs, you know, shocks and different things that we've been able to learn this season that we've gotten better doing. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you could tell he, do, he doesn't miss, miss very much. So it's uh, pretty impressive. You, you talked about going to Road America this weekend. Uh, you've had some road course experience. I mean, do, do you consider yourself a decent road racer at this point? Do you feel like this is a weekend where you can, you know, maybe capitalize like you did at Bristol? Well, he was mad about 14th in mid-Ohio, so I would say yes. He's wanting yeah, the top 10 or better, right? <laughs> definitely. No, I am I love road racing. I, I think I'm a pretty solid road racer. I, I don't know what it is. It's just 
I love the I love the feel of the car, you know, being mm-hmm. a little bit sideways, hitting curves, downshifting. Like I just love that. And um, yeah, I showed up to Mid Ohio. I've never even seen the place, and we uh, we we were a top ten car all weekend. Um, you know, uh, like I said, we finished fourteenth. We weren't very pleased, but at the end of the day, it was still a good effort. You know, mm-hmm. me not being there ever before uh and this weekend's kind of the same deal never been to road america we uh i'll probably spend a little time tomorrow on the simulator uh trying to get ready and just trying to get my shift points down but yeah like you said this weekend is a is a big week for us you know we're one spot out of the playoffs and uh, anytime you go to a road course it's like a super speedway anything can happen you can get stuck in the yeah you know you get you know stuck on the beach and uh you know run (laughs) off the run off the track and and um, that can ruin your day. So as long as we keep it on the asphalt, you know, I hit my shifts right, and we have a good strategy in which we've already been working on our strategy now. So I think we're looking for a top 10 or possibly a win, so we'll see. I was going to say, two things about Road America is, number one, once you see the flag stand, it's like three minutes before you see it again. Yeah, um, yeah. J- Just with how big the track is. But, you know, the the other thing that kind of – you you as an aggressive driver, do the road courses you feel like suit – that driving style because you can hustle the car a little bit more oh definitely absolutely I, I i really think that's why i i love it so much is is i have that aggressive driving style and i like when the car is you know hung out pretty much all the time and um yeah, but there, there's a fine line though you know it depends on what track you're going to like mid ohio that's a more finesse you have to find that aggressive ability but also you have to know when to you kind of treat the throttle like there's two eggs under it. You know, you got to keep the rear tires on it. So um, I think I do well both ways, but mm-hmm. I prefer tracks like, you know, Road America that are fast. You know, you're going to be hung out sideways and, and a little bit slower sections. So, yeah, I think it suits me a lot. And, I, I, I mean, you look at a guy like A.J. Allmendinger. I mean, yeah, you know, he, he loves that aggressive kind of style racetracks on the road courses, and that's why he runs well. And Absolutely. also Cendric's done a great job, too. Okay, we got about a minute and some change. So we know you can't do this by yourself. Who helps you make all this happen? Oh, yeah, it's a lot of people. Uh, first of all, you know, having Panini uh, trading cards on board, they've been a huge partner of us. They were a part of us. Uh, sixth place finish at Bristol and second at Talladega, uh, along with Pure. Uh, it's a great product, a health and wellness brand out of Texas that's been uh, that's been with us pretty much all year. And, uh, you know, yeah, like you said, without the sponsors and great partners that we've been able to put together and, and the relationships we've built over this past season, it's, uh, it's really been a blessing, and uh, we're just fortunate to have them a part of our race team. You know, every single race team needs sponsorship, and every driver does too. And I'm just very, very happy uh, to kind of have that in going in the right direction and uh, getting ready for the rest of the year. Well, 21 years old, about uh, 10 years after you started, you are now in a position possibly to make the playoffs in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. That has got to be energizing for you. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I can't wait. It's uh, These next couple races are going to be fun, so everybody stay tuned. It's uh, Hopefully we get in. We're looking forward to it and uh, happy that we finally got you in the studio to talk to us. Hopefully we'll get you back in soon. And with that, uh, we are going to say goodbye to Greg Galding and step aside. When we come back, we've got a young racer who is competing in the Bandolero class that uh, is going to join us. His name is Luke Morey. So stay tuned. More of the Lead Lap Show presented by HMS Motorsport right after these words. 
Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, host it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color Correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Everyone knows Strutmasters is the suspension experts for luxury vehicles. And now we offer motorcycle products. Introducing Easy Rider Complete Motorcycle Air Suspension brought to you by Strutmasters.com. You can raise and lower your bike with the flip of a switch. Take those long rides with the ultimate comfort of Easy Rider Air Shocks. They're backed by Strutmasters and you won't believe the low price. Check out Easy Rider Motorcycle Air Suspension at Strutmasters.com. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Derek Rose, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back. The Lead Lap Show continues. That's your music, Tom. Here on the Mr. Yeah, Drummer. exactly. Yes, here on the Performance Motorsports Network. Tom Baker and Jacob Seelman, along with our producer, James Mellick, all seated around the WSIC studios in Statesville, North Carolina. Interesting story behind this building that we're in, which we'll get to a little bit later in the program. But right now... Young Luke Mori has joined us, and Luke is 11 years old. He is uh, currently from uh, living in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Luke is a top bandolero driver. I watched you race on Saturday, um, and I know that you were a little disappointed with your run on Saturday because 
you felt like you'd made a mistake that maybe cost you a, a better finish or a shot at the win. But, man, you've really had a good season. And um, I like where you're going in the Bandolero class. A lot of talent. First question I have for you is what got you interested in racing? Well, it was probably all my dad. He's the He's been racing for probably a little over 20 years. So yeah. it's so like he just inspired me a lot when I was a kid. So that's basically what just got me in racing. So your dad was a racer. Yes. Tell me about uh, the, the, do you have any memories of being at tracks with your dad when he was racing? Oh, yeah. I raced mini wedges, which is a series my dad created. He started building chassis, so all the kids, I, all of my friends at the track and stuff, me and them could just race and stuff. So I, we st- we, I raced that for about two years. First year, we weren't really that successful. We just only had one win, and next year we had 18, so it was a big jump in uh, experience. So that was called what kind of car? Mini wedges. A mini wedge. What is a mini wedge? It's basically, I don't really know the top speed. It's just like, they're pretty small. They're for like, it's like, I, I forgot the age groups they're in. It's like really young. So like, I think it's like 8 to 11. Okay. First. So it's a junior division. What does it look like? Well, they're, it's like dirt cars. So they're like mini dirt cars, like the mini mods. Like basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just Googled it. It's it's so it's like the the closest thing I can describe it for somebody who's watched racing around here, Tom, is it's like a mini cup car with a roll cage. I got you. It liter it literally looks like a wedge, hence wow. the whole mini wedge. Nice. Okay. So after the mini wedges, did you go straight to Bandoleros? No, we moved up here for my dad's work at Billstein and we went a couple races in quarter midgets, didn't really like it. We just thought it was pretty unsafe with your head leaning out the corner, like at the car in the corners and stuff. It was pretty unsafe. Not really our style of racing. So we just got a bando, started um, practicing in the fifth mile in the backstretch of Charlotte Motor Speedway. We di- we were pretty good. Um, totally did not wreck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> totally did not wreck. That's yeah. TDNW, I think, if you're going to create an acronym. Yes. We totally did not wreck. Okay. Um, it's not just that he didn't wreck. He totally, totally didn't, didn't wreck. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't care for the quarters, huh? So you you went to the Bandoleros, and you've been, you made, you from what I've observed from watching you at the shootout, and then this year, um, so far, a couple times at the shootout, but then it, it, last weekend with the fall series starting at uh, Charlotte on the fifth mile, um, you took the Bandoleros pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm surprised. I thought it would be, re- like, race would just be wrecks, like, heat race, practice, all that feature would just be, I thought we would just be spinning out in walls and stuff. Surprised I pick it up that quickly. It's just amazing the opportunity I have and all the people who helped me. It's just crazy. I've made it this far with only three years. I know for you, Luke, a big part of this summer was your runs at the shootout, and you guys actually had a, you know, ended up having a lot of success before the end of the summer at the shootout. How much of a boost, you know, was that for your confidence, just being able to to get to victory lane and to find some success there at Charlotte? Yeah, when we first started the summer shootout, 2018, um, we were in Beginner Bandits, which there was it was you cannot run caution-free races there. It was just 
<laughs> the slower cars are just spinning out everywhere, so that's probably why they don't really throw cautions there. So we we won a couple there. It was pretty good learning experience. And then middle of that year, never got to finish a championship in beginners. I got I think three wins, and then I had to move up to bandits. And in the first half of the year in bandits in 2018, I wasn't really fast. I was just running. I never got really any top five. I think I got like one top five which I was pretty much expecting it, but this year I just bumped up. Just First race at the shootout was the Old Glory, and I won that just from someone in front of me just getting disqualified, so I was pretty happy about that. My first ever race there in Bandit. He, he was really happy that kid got DQ'd. It's, I get it, though, obviously, because, yeah. you know, you don't want to wish anyone else bad luck, but obviously you got the win out of it, right? Trophy's a trophy at the end yeah, of the day. That's exactly it doesn't matter right. if it's a DQ or however, still a trophy. Yeah. So tell us about the rest of the shootout. Well, we started off pretty good. We're getting some top fives, some top threes, and round six we got a win. And then from there on, I thought I was going to – I knew I was going to um, like get top five in points. That's what – after the win, I was aiming for top five in points. I didn't really need a win. I just wanted to get pretty good in points and um, try going to Atlanta – to get um, into the national championship, national points championship. So um, I think it was round eight. We got um, round seven. There was um, some issues involved in turn three and four, which went all over internet just saying, social media, like just saying that I, it was so close. We were coming to the white flag for second place, and I, there was a um, 43 in front of me just got loose, and I was inches from hitting him. And everyone just thought I wrecked him, but... It was close. Like I felt like I bumped him. It was just incredibly close. And then next week, like he, I don't know. It's just next week I went under him, coming into one and two, and then just kind of wheel hopped, flipped over. Well, it was probably it was my second flip, so I had some experience in it. <laughs> you don't necessarily want to become a veteran of that <laughs> yeah. exact racing skill. I thought that's why he got out of the quarter midgets, because that's what midgets are for. They're supposed to flip over. He got into a bando, and he started doing it. So Goodness. You got your two flips out of the way in bandos. That's it. You're done for your career now. You can't have any more. <laughs> I don't know what's coming up. Maybe some more. What was what was that like? What is it like to flip a bando? It's just, it's crazy. I was just, I thought I had in my um, nose, and the car kind of came off a little. All the bolts of it came off. It was just sitting there kind of came up in my view a little, and I, my dad was on the um, radio. He's spotting for me, which he's a really good spotter. He just said, keep digging, keep digging. So I just stomped it on the floor, and tires spun a little, wheel hopped, and then just kind of got about a foot in the air and then just bounced up, landed on the side, and then rolled over straight back to all four wheels. It was not that bad of a flip, but there was a lot of damage on the car, lots of broken stuff. I was going to say, I can tell you it looked bad on the video. That's, yeah. Uh, you know, it was, uh, it's one of those things, you know. I mean, it's it looks spectacular, but you never wish anyone to crash because obviously you don't want anybody to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, you didn't and were able to uh, to continue on through the rest of the shootout. Yeah, the safety equipment we have in the Bandoleros is crazy. Just, I thought it was just going to be like not even full containment seat, no like leg padding or anything like that, but... Somehow there is, and everyone after every wreck, there's cars at the shootout flipping over, getting hit on their while they're upside down on their side, 
there's some flip legend cards flipping in the fence and over the fence at Atlanta, and they're fine walking away from it. Yeah, it definitely. That says a lot about what they build for these young racers out there to keep them safe. It says a lot about the legends and bandos cards for sure. Yeah, it definitely. I mean, and and, um, there are a lot of uh, obviously. It's it's a very small track for a lot of legends and bando cars that start these features. So you know, incidents happen. It's basically like racing on a bull ring. So you're going to have that kind of thing. Luke, I'm curious. You know, you've moved through a couple of divisions to get to the bandoleros what's your favorite part about driving in the bandos just the experience i get i for my whole life ever since i started racing mini wedges i said i'm gonna race nascar i was i'm really confident i can make it so i already have plans um my dad hooked up with ron Hornaday. he has me um building a modified we're gonna be practicing it here soon and we're hoping to race it full-time next year and probably test a legend next year. A dirt modified? Yes. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people. False start. Number five on the offense. Repeat first down. That was uh, all on the producer, right? That was, that's okay. That's <laughs> why you got the rookie stripe. No oh, worries. I definitely hit the... It's uh, live radio. It happens. Yes, it we does. We saved it, though, there. I just yes, hit the mouse did. there. And... But back to Luke and his driving a full-size race car at the age of 11. Um, <laughs> yeah, no How much kidding. do you weigh, Luke? I think it's like 82, I think. <laughs> going to have to add some weight to that <laughs> car, I think. <laughs> just a little bit. Wow. And, and how about having Ron Hornaday, Jacob, as a mentor? In, oh, in my a, gosh. I mean, NASCAR Hall of Famer, four-time Truck Series champion. I mean, gosh, Luke, he, you know. You, I, I'm sure you could probably sit with Ron for hours and, and just listen and learn from him talking racing and not know everything that he knows. Yeah, it's just crazy. Every, like, a couple times a month, me and my dad will just um, drive over to his house, just go in his shop, look at Modified, help him with some of his um, old, like, classic trucks he's building and stuff. He helps out um, one of my teammates, and he's a legend car, Landon Lewis. He's pretty successful, won a um, modified, great modified race um, here pretty recently, so I'm just hoping to race with him, beat him sometimes. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'll tell you what, you're you're going to enjoy the dirt modified, I think, because uh, they're a lot of fun to drive. Have you been on dirt before? Well, I guess you were with the Mini Wedge, right? That was yeah. a dirt car, so um, do you like dirt better than pavement? Well, I like to just drive sideways, but I don't really like to drive sideways on pavement, because you risk <laughs> like overcorrecting in the wall and stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's not preferable to drive sideways on the pavement. That's what yeah. dirt's for. Well, I'm sure you're going to have a good time with that. Uh, we're going to ask you just to sit right there and hang on. We're going to step aside and we come back. We'll have a few more questions for you and we'll let you talk about who helps you make it all happen. More of the Lead Lap Show right after this. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. 
Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science, it's My Computer Career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu, that's mycomputercareer.edu. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels Levels, new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Ty Ankrum, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. I swear he calls himself Ty in that, in that re-entry. He now, says his name so fast. Yeah, he, well, that's just Tyler. Yeah. That's kind of how he does it. Uh, Welcome back to the Weed well, Lab Show. If, if you want to talk about a driver who had bad luck, not to not to digress for two seconds, but I I just felt so bad for Tyler oh, Thursday night in the truck race yeah. to have those electrical issues yeah. that knocked him back, you know, to twentieth and a couple laps down. He had such a good run going too. He was top five for a good portion. He of that was, race. and the hard part for him is unfortunately the schedule because the next race, of course, for those of you. Listening, the truck series already in their playoffs. So Bristol was round one. And Tyler, of course, nobody expected Tyler Ankrum to make the playoffs. But he, he, against all odds, he won, had some great runs, and put that truck in the playoffs for DGR Crosley. And then to go out and have that bad race, the worst part for him is the scheduling factor. Because now they go to over to Canada to race. Yep. On the road course over there. And he's not a road racer. Canadian Tire and Tyler is not a seasoned road racer. So, you know, sadly, uh, this, of course, you know, I've known Tyler for a few years now, and that young man is one of the most adaptable young racers I've ever seen in all my years in the sport. It wouldn't surprise me. If by the end of that race he found a way to get into the top ten and and try to rescue 
something out of that day. But that's a young man right there. You mark my words. That young man, if somebody gets behind him, is going to be in cup in the next few years, and that young man is going to be a champion in the Cup Series. Tyler has got everything that it takes, and he's as marketable as any any young driver that's out there. So hopefully, uh, you know, he'll go and have a good run, good solid run, finish the race, and then he can move on with the schedule. But it definitely was unfortunate that they had the bad outing at Bristol because that would have been the track where they could have actually gotten a head start on the playoff thing. And then right. if you have a bit of a disappointing run over in Canada on the road course, because you're not really a road course racer, you don't feel quite so bad. Because all you got to do is get yourself to the next round, right? Exactly. So, but uh, So getting to the next round, we've, we're talking with young Luke Morey, and uh, you were talking to us in the last segment about how at 11 years old, you're getting ready here in, in the next short while to actually go test a dirt modified for Ron Hornaday. Pretty amazing um, when you think about it to be 11 and get getting to test a big car. When you were when you started racing Bandoleros, um, did you ever think that you would be um, doing something like this at the age of 11? I knew we would race modified sometime in my life. It's just crazy it happened this early i did not expect it to happen in my um second year in bandos it's crazy of how many people my dad knows that can help me get the sponsors and in the cars that can help me get better in racing when you think about testing the dirt modified um what do you feel like you need to do in order to be prepared to go and test the big car like that just racing simulators that's really all the most realistic to dirt that we can get here um, while racing a bando on pavement. They just, I really want them to race bandos on dirt again. That would be fun, just <laughs> experience you can make there. Yeah, I bet you'd love to see the bandos run on dirt. That's an interesting proposition to see the bandoleros on dirt. I've seen that uh, before a couple times. I just got a statement I want to say here. I, I see in this young man, he's going to run dirt. A lot of great guys have run dirt, Jimmy yeah. Johnson, Kyle Larson, all those guys. And he's getting mentored by an all-star in Ron Hornaday at KHI. And we just had a guy who was in a cup car yeah. and now running Xfinity for Bobby Daughter and Greg Holding here. This young man's on his way there right now. That's all I, I just wanted to come in there and say that. He really is. I mean, and he's doing a great job in this interview. It's not as if he's a seasoned veteran of radio interviews either at 11 years old to be able to come into the studio like this and uh, – and be conversational is is a lot harder than it seems like it would be. So really proud of you, Luke, for the job that you're doing here. Okay, so um, what have you got left this season in terms of bandolero racing that you know about? Obviously, you started this past weekend on Charlotte Motor Speedway's fifth mile oval, which is, for those who don't know, it's behind the back straightaway at Charlotte Motor Speedway outside of the track. You started racing their fall series, even though it's still summer. Um, <laughs> so we know that you're probably going to run those shows. What else do you know of that you're going to race in the Bandolero? I'm not sure when we're going to be racing Atlanta. I've never been there. Um, we might just go down there for the national. We might not. It's just we don't know because we aren't really – we can't win national points. We don't want to ruin anyone's points um, to win, and we don't want to – do that but we just want to do it for experience that's really all we want to do but they just need to i was thinking they just need to make classes for people who are new there just so they can just race for fun 
That's kind of interesting. Yeah, not a bad idea. Yeah, that's not a bad, bad idea at all. You know, Somebody you know, that's coming in and doesn't want to interfere with the regular races, just have one class at the at the end or in the schedule there somewhere for that race night where, you know, folks like Luke can come down and just get some experience on the track without interfering in the points. Yeah, I think that's only going to make the racing better for the years after that because thought. drivers show that when they go to a track for the second time, they're better. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I think it would be a good idea. I like what he said there. It's pretty amazing if you think about it, uh, James. The, the, here's a kid who's 11 years old, and these kids growing up now, this is what legends and bandos have done for these kids. You get to race at Charlotte Motor Speedway, Atlanta Motor Speedway, Texas Motor Speedway. You know, there's a number of the SMI tracks. Kentucky has a legends track that have these these legends tracks. So you get you get to experience being inside the big track and running the legends and bandos at at 11 years old. I can't even imagine. I mean, it's been a long time since I was 11. I can't even imagine getting to do something like that at a NASCAR track at that age. I can't either. It'd be, I'd be. Uh... Very scared, for sure. I yeah. know that when I did some driving back when I was younger, I was nowhere near a big facility like that. And if I would have been, I would have been pretty nervous. And these young kids now, they go for into sure. these big tracks and they get to these levels, and there's no fear. They just hop in those big cars and take off. Yep. Okay, Malik, here's my first problem with that statement. Let's hear it. You're in the South. It's skeered. Skeered? Skeered. Skeered? Skeered? Skeered. <laughs> S K E E E R E D? Skeered? Yes. I've not skeered. heard that. How have you not heard that? We've been on PMN five years. If you've listened to Mitch Walker even once, you've heard a skeered reference at least five well, times the, a show. The Mitch Walker <laughs> show, Mitch has a bunch of different, you know, my my voice is still out on the porch. Uh, <laughs> you know, Mitch has a lot of Walkerisms that he, uh, Mitchisms that he, he finer than a frog, uh, Finer than a frog hair split three ways and Yes, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> how, how you doing, Mitch? I'm finer than a Finer than a frog hair split three ways and sanded. Uh, but <laughs> you even almost got the voice right. That's terrifying. If you, if you give me a minute, I'll have it down. Yeah, but you got, you know, look, Mitch is awesome. We love Mitch. I'm on the Performance Motorsports Network. For those of you listening to this show, don't touch your dial when we're done because Mitch comes on right after this. And uh, Jacob will show you how he gets from here back to PMN home base, uh, PMN South home base in, in Lincolnton to, uh, in time to produce the show. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, definitely a great time with Mitch. But, all right, uh, Luke, we've got uh, about three minutes left or so. Uh, first of all, before we go any farther, I know you can't do any of this by yourself. So here's your opportunity to say thank you. To all of the people, the sponsors, whoever you'd like to thank, who help you make all of your racing happen. There's a lot of people. It just comes first, my mom and dad. They're the ones who inspired me my whole life just to get me to this point in racing and waiting for more points. That would help me out a lot. So Still well racing with PR, all the people on that team, all the drivers, they've helped me out a lot. Mainly the drivers and some um, people on the team just inspire me just tell me the lines on the tracks just tell me how to get better and landrum springs blaze tamer 380 um yeah bill stein shocks yeah, <laughs> that's pretty important yes that's kind of important yeah. and, and luke wasn't turned around to see it but i caught it out of the corner of my yeah. eye justice was trying to take credit and go me me pick yeah me. yeah just just <laughs> you know justice colaboro um your driver coach right yeah basically yeah <laughs> yeah uh, but uh, you, you're doing a great job so far with, with the Bandolero, and we're real excited to see what happens when you jump in the dirt car for the first time. I know there's not really 
a timetable for you to begin racing it. It's going to depend on, you know, how well you adapt to it and all of that. And, um, you know, those are obviously a lot harder to steer and, and everything else, especially for someone your size. So, uh, but I know you're going to have a lot of fun with it. Um, before we let you go, I got a couple of just fun questions for you. I want to know, besides your dad, because we know that you look up to your dad and probably as a racer as well, but let's take NASCAR. Who who do you look up to as a NASCAR racer? Well, Kyle Busch is probably the um, best driver I think ever, but I his, his driving on the track, but his attitude off, I don't really like. I just like his driving on track, and Eric Jones is probably the mainly one. I met him at Berlin um, Speedway in Michigan, and that and he signed my car, and I think that gave me some bad luck, so we tried taping it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm gonna tell good. Eric. There. I like I'm that. gonna tell Eric that when I see him at Charlotte too. Yeah, he'll <laughs> chuckle at that one. Well, here's here's the cool part. You mentioned Berlin Raceway. That's a that's a track that both Jacob and I have been to Absolutely. as announcers. Um, and a really neat track up there. That's a lot of fun. Um, in fact, I'm getting ready to go back up there and uh, announce. In oh, is a that where your race yep. is on? Yep. Yeah, okay. uh, Saturday, September seventh. Yeah, Labor Day weekend. The must see weekend after Labor Day. Yeah. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought it was Labor Day. No, the se- the the seventh is the weekend after Labor Day, just because the way the calendar falls oh, this okay. year. Labor Day, I'll be at Darlington. That's right. I forgot. Yeah, you covered Darlington for Speed Sport. Okay. So, um, favorite NASCAR driver, Kyle Busch on the track. Eric, Eric Jones, Jones off the it. track. Okay. So here's the the last question. We got about thirty seconds. If you could race any kind of car that you wanted doesn't matter about money you have enough money to go race any kind of car you wanted what would it be and why a lot of choices probably monster energy nascar probably xfinity because all the drivers in nascar that made it there say xfinity is a lot harder and i just if i do just jump up and skip trucks i i want to go to xfinity first just to get the experience he's 11 he's already talking about skipping trucks <laughs> yeah, he's just well, well, you, i gotta give him credit just, yeah i love That's it cool. okay luke great job we're gonna step aside we'll get you back uh get you back on the show again uh, after you test the dirt car and talk to you about that we want to know what uh, what's going to be going on with that we're going to step aside when we come back justice Colabro will join us in studio we lap radio continues right after this You own a performance car, and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Motorsports Sales Professionals. Performance Motorsports is looking to build a team of experienced media sales professionals to represent our programming to the industry's top companies, magazines, and racing series. If you have motorsports sales or marketing experience, know how to work with agencies, 
understand social media, and are incredibly creative when it comes to working with clients and promotions, then we want to hear from you. Top performers are richly rewarded. Your imagination is the only limit here. Call 717-749-0444. That's 717-749-0444. Or email us at scorpionradiogroup at gmail.com. You want to ask for Sue. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science, it's My Computer Career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu, that's mycomputercareer.edu. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one Internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, this is Spencer Boyd, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Well, speaking of ex-legends racers... There's another There's one. There's another one, Spencer Boyd. Gee, we did we did good with these driver drops today. Yeah, we did. It was uh, that was good stuff. Okay, we should officially welcome you back to the Lead Lap Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsports safety, also by Strutmasters.com, the suspension experts, and mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life. And we're going to tell you about uh, something that my computer career is doing here in just a little while. But uh, we uh, now say hello to Justice Calabro. Justice is a 15-year-old Legends car racer who, I might add, is bordering on too tall to sit in the car. Um, you're pretty. You're, how tall are you now? I'm six foot two. Yeah, I was gonna say you're at uh, fifteen. Yeah, you're. you're <laughs> at 15 I need to reiterate that. You know, Jacob and I both really look up to him. We just want y'all to yeah, know that. Yeah, literally, physically um, look up yeah, to me. Yeah, exactly. Um, and in a good, nice uh, display of hockey hair. Thank you. Thank or, you for the uh, hockey hair. I guess it would be. What would it be? Surfer? Is that kind of a surfer thing? Is yeah, we that, got the California yeah, surfer California hair going on. Surfer. Where you're from, California, right? Yes, we are. Okay, so you you made your way over here and you're racing with uh, the same group that uh, Luke Mori is a part of still while racing with PR Pat uh, Rogers. but you got your start in racing before that talk about how how does a kid from California get interested in motorsports and how did you get your start well that's actually quite an interesting story because that's why I asked the question if any of you have ever watched the movie Herbie Fully Loaded. That's where it all started for me. My father introduced really? me. To, yes, he introduced me to the Herbie movies when I was really, really young. And uh, we, actually had awesome. a, we actually had a Herbie movie car when I was younger. Oh, that's even more awesome. And we participated in the Hollywood Christmas Parade, red carpet, and all that stuff with that car. Wow. That is awesome. But that's what originally introduced me to the love of racing, watching those movies, seeing NASCAR in those movies. And as I got older, about eight years old, I started doing indoor go-kart racing. That was my very first experience in any sort of racing. The league type of stuff. Mm -hmm, the, in, okay. the league indoor car yeah. racing. Yeah. That's become very popular. A lot of different... Uh, what, where were you, at K1? Uh, no, there was oh, this little place called MB2 okay. in our region in California. Okay. And we had a Sunday night endurance race that we would 
the actual really good drivers from around the California area would come and race, and I would go out there and I would beat them. And one of the teams that had showed up to one of those events had noticed that talent, and they'd pick me up and put me on their team, Pacific Rides. Wow. Very, very new and upcoming team. They had no, no cart, no sponsors, nothing. It was just them, and it was their dream to get a little team together. My very first co-kart race ever was a six-hour endurance race at Adams Motorsports Park. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to why, the why, Motorsports. Exactly. Why do I have a feeling this story ends with you winning that race? Uh, I, it almost. We almost won that race. <laughs> if it weren't for my uh, driving coach having to wear a 70-pound weight vest because he weighed like 72 pounds, <laughs> we, ha- we, we all had to wear really heavy weight vests because there was a weight restriction on all the cars. Oh, boy. And none of us were heavy enough, so we all had to wear Ouch. this really heavy vest and it was exhausting because we'd run for two hours apiece. Wow. And by the time I got out of the cart the first time, because I had no no muscles built up to do this and I was like 12 years old. And I was like, wow, this is this is incredible. I've never gotten to do anything like this before. But yeah, my very first race was a six-hour endurance race at a banked road course in California. Oh, a banked road course. There was two corners on that track. There was Little Monza and Big Monza. And Big Monza, Big Monza was banked 32 degrees. It's a 32 degree Monza type corner like a hairpin. Big Monza sounds like a wrestler. Sounds like huh. a WWE wrestler, or or maybe just a driver at Bowman Gray. I don't know. Perhaps um, maybe they're kind of <laughs> one and the same these days. But um, that's pretty amazing. Well, of course, the reason you know that that you all had to wear the weight vests is there were probably some round mountains of sound like me in the race that were you know we we don't want to give up all of that weight to you guys. So uh, they made you all bulk up so that exactly. you could yeah exactly keep us even but okay so from that how does one get over here racing with jordan and his crew now that's even even more interesting story uh, we were listening to greg alding earlier talking about how his family made the move out here so he could yeah. race cars and i have to give that all the credit to my parents for my 15th birthday i believe we came out here in november 11th to do the driving school with jordan and them oh okay and we were we had never thought about moving out here before we had never personally actually considered moving out of California but we were in a pretty bad spot but by the time we got out here and we got to their driving school Jordan saw that I had potential and he recognized that potential and they invited me to come race on their team and that was what forced us to come out here and make the move to North Carolina and actually become part of their team and from that point on we've been out here racing legend cars and my family has moved their whole life to come out here and allow me to race legends Wow, that's pretty amazing and not unusual in 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 the sport. I mean, we see a lot of uh, f- a lot of families that even and we talked about Tyler Ankrum earlier. His he and his mom actually came over when he was twelve or so, um, and his dad and his sister were still in. So that was kind of a split situation. But you know, people don't realize these young kids. A lot of times that's what you have to do in order to make that situation work. I guess in your case, you were able to, you know, everybody was able to come over, and that's great. Um, what was it like for you the first time you sat in one of the Legends cars? Because I'm sure it was a big change from the go-kart you were used to racing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, coming into the Legend car for the first time, I hardly fit in the seat. I was taller than the car. And coming from karting where there's <laughs> See, no belts. Kidding. Yeah, there's no belts in karting. You're completely open no sense of being claustrophobic at all but coming to race in the legend car i'm tight i'm i've never shifted a sequential car before i had trouble getting off the line the first oh, few times think about that yeah, yeah coming up to the fifth mile there's a shift. big yeah there's a big hill getting onto the track so i had to make sure not to stall the car 
Got a little Ooh. bit jumpy getting onto the track. Maybe got a little bit of air, but it's okay. But yeah, coming to air is good. In some nah. cases. <laughs> in some cases. But I bet it was fun. It was, it, was, whoa! it was so much fun. But coming out there, never being in a legend car before, and I quote Jordan exactly. He said, this kid has never driven a legend car before. And my dad was off track talking to him about all this. And it was like, yeah, he's never been even racing on an oval before. And just showing any sort of potential is what allowed them to actually pick up on that and invite me to be on their team. So here's my question for you, knowing that you didn't come from an oval racing background, what's been the most fun for you as you've adapted to Legends Car Racing with Jordan and everybody on the team? Well, Jordan has definitely taught me to turn left pretty well, but <laughs> all my road course experience has definitely translated over. We did amazing at the Winter Heat at Charlotte, where we almost won the championship there if it weren't for a stupid mistake on my part at the beginning of the season. But that's all right. That's we, okay. We live and we learn, right? Learn from it, right? But we did really, really good at the Winter Heat, and I'd absolutely have to say road course racing in the legend cars, kind of like Greg Alding said, that competitive nature, be able to go out there and push the car, feel like you're on the edge. We'd come flying into turn two and three at like 105 miles an hour. I'd, I'd break it loose, be drifting all the way through the corner, tap the brakes, and get on the gas on the way out. I mean, road course racing is extremely fun for me. Obviously, I love over racing. I love mm -hmm. the competitive nature and the precise movements that you have to do when you're doing oval racing but obviously i've had a lot of fun and it's very natural for me to do road course racing as well car control that, car that's control. really what it comes down to and i've you know whenever we talk about legends car racing you know with, with any of the guys tom that have done it or on this show that's one thing that everybody preaches is how much car control that class for teaches sure. you and i can understand how somebody like justice would would take to that because of the car control that you have to have when you go road racing well, absolutely. And I think the other part about road racing that makes a big difference is, you know, it's really about just learning that perfect arc. And it's it's basically a more technical form. Absolutely. Um, on the other hand, when you're dealing with oval track racing on a road course, if you mess up in turn two, you've got the rest of the the course to sort of make up a little bit of that time. You mess up in turn two or turn one or whatever on an oval track, especially the, the tracks you race on, and you basically miss that entire lap, and it takes you a lap or two to get back. So it's good that you feel so comfortable on the road courses because that's usually, as you climb the ranks and start having to do it in big cars, that's usually the Achilles heel for the kids. And you'll be able to, as you get into the heavier stock cars, you'll be able to take to it like a duck to water. It won't feel so strange for you. Absolutely. I mean, like the words of the great Doc Hudson, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. <laughs> I mean, you've got to have the good car control to be able to go out there and center around the track, pull good lap times. Like, Who did you like, give credit to that? The great Doc Hudson. Doc Hudson? Cars? <laughs> Come on now. Well, even see, I know I'm old that. enough to remember that the original uh, quote gets attributed to Muhammad Ali. True, uh, true. But, uh, yeah, Cars is certainly a good movie. Okay, James. But as, far, but as far as the racing background goes, it goes with the great Doc Hudson. Yeah. So okay. he moved out here from California. He said he picked up on his road race and stuff really, really well. I've noticed that a lot of people who road race and even run Legends cars, the top-tier talent is heading here to Charlotte to race. And he's up there running with the best of them. That speaks words of how he drives, for sure. Thank you very much. Well, yeah. And, of course, that was his previous experience, too. It was all on, you know, yeah, road racing, yeah. Road, road courses. But, so. Not to mention we got two championships out in Cali, my two rookie years in two different classes. Tell us about that. Well, our first year, we raced LO206. as momentum-based, basically a smaller bandolero. We, we ran 15 horsepower, while the bandos run 30 to 40. 
and we raced the LO206 class, and going out there, we didn't do too well in our first few races, but after that, we were unbeatable. After our third race, we never lost for the rest of that season. Wow. And we were racing against 30, 40-car fields. That's incredible. We went out there and destroyed the LO206 class, and then the next year, we moved up to X30, and after we moved up to X30, that's a higher horsepower motor, and it was definitely a lot harder to drive. I'm sure. Wow, that's pretty amazing. So you've had uh, you've had a good mix of experience coming into this, and you know I know that you the first year at the shootout you struggled just a little bit trying to adapt. What was that like for you? Did you feel like a fish out of water at first? In some cases, yes, but in, overall, I mean, it was really fun trying to learn the new car and just the whole different feel of being able to drive ovals and having that much power underneath you. I mean, to say the least, we didn't have the greatest start to the shootout the first year we went out there. I mean. When I hit the wall in practice, and uh, yep, it wasn't wasn't great. But after that, I never hit the wall again by myself, unless I'm being pushed up there. Well, that's a that's a good stat to have. Yep, got to find the limit. Learn from that mistake. Okay, we're gonna step aside more with Justice Calabro and uh, more of lead lap right after these words. You're listening to the program on the Performance Motorsports Network, and it is presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. We will be right back. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance and a whole lot left, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach so call bsr today 304-725-8444 give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway that's 304-725-8444 hms motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety hms serves a majority of nascar indycar and imsa WeatherTech teams as well as countless scca and club level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout north america Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Olero Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media sent you. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council.
This is Chandler Smith, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Because it's been that kind of a season for Chandler Smith. You know what? It really has been. I have to give Hollywood credit, by the way, otherwise known as Justice Calabro, for the whole air guitar routine that he did as we were coming back from break. But I need to give some props to Chandler Smith. I was at Bristol Thursday night for the truck race. And for him to come home second, all you know, have a shot at Brett Moffat on that final restart. The kid did a bang up job. I was so impressed. You know, he's been rock solid in the Arkham Menard series this year, rock solid in three truck starts and you know, very, very bright future, I feel I like, agree. ahead for him. And, sure and I'll be honest, if he's got uh, I, I think he's got at least one, if not two more truck starts this year. And I could see him having a shot to win one of those last, you know, race or two that he's I could got. Do it. Yeah, I really could. I agree. Okay, before we get back to talking with Justice, and we've also got Jordan Stillwell uh, with us in this segment, I want to talk a little bit about mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life, because they are a part of our family here at uh, Race Chaser, and they're doing something really cool. Um, I'm just going to read this straight off of their uh, script, basically, because I don't want to mess anything up. I want to get this this right. In partnership with Lifetime's Military Makeover, My Computer Career has the honor of selecting one lucky veteran for the home renovation of a lifetime. Is Military Makeover new to you? No problem. Here's the deal. The special series, which is hosted by decorated veteran Montel Williams, it lists conscientious designers, contractors, landscapers, and other home improvement professionals to transform the homes and lives of deserving military families across the country. The makeover may include kitchen upgrades, furniture upgrades, new paint, new floors, landscape makeover, overhaul of the inside, and more. Submissions are open now. Nominate yourself, if you're a veteran, or a veteran you know for this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, mycomputercareer.edu. Find them on Facebook as well, My Computer Career. Um, that's a big deal for them, and I know they're really excited about the opportunity to do this, and we're excited for them. So uh, go to our Race Chaser Media Facebook page. There's a post uh, about uh, this whole thing, a video that explains it. My Computer Career Military Makeover, uh, and it's something that uh, we're really excited about for them. And we thank My Computer Career for being part of our family here uh, at Race Chaser Media because uh, they're very supportive of everything that we're doing right now. Hey, so not to distract from the conversation yes. that we're about to have. However, I did just happen to see this on Twitter, and I, I kind of shake oh, my head and chuckle. Do we have? It's, it's not breaking oh. news, no. Um, but it, it, I'm chuckling because it's uh, from Mike Davis, who has been you know, Dale Jr.'s longtime yes. um, right-hand man, for lack of a better term. I don't want to call him just you know a publicist or manager because no, he's, he's, he's been a very been close friend, very close yep. friend of Jr.'s. He says uh, Dale planned to be on vacation this week, anyways. So as fate would have it, we pre-taped, we pre-taped the Dale Jr. download last Wednesday. The next day, all hell broke loose as we all saw last weekend. After much deliberation, we decided, ah, to heck with it. Go with the show anyways. It was fun to record and a step towards normalcy. So if anybody uh, w- uh, wishes to take that step towards normalcy along with Dale Jr., go go check out the Dale Jr. download this week. It's I, I will say I've, I have already heard it 
it, uh, you know, or at least listen to a chunk of it on uh, Apple Podcast. It's yeah, it's it's good. It's real good. His shows are always good. Okay, so back to speaking with. We have Justice Calabro in studio with us. Our W S I C studios in Statesville, North Carolina. Justice, a racer in the Legends cars, who is like many others trying to climb the ladder. Originally from California, made his way all the way over here. To North Carolina hasn't picked up an accent yet. We're still working on that one. It'll um, never work, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer, Justice. You're never getting rid of me. So I, I, I asked you last segment what the transition was like to the Legends cars. Now you've had some time, and and I'll get you to to talk about this, and we'll bring in Jordan Stillwell. Um, I assume that you've run mostly at Charlotte Motor Speedway in the in the Legends cars. What was the hardest part about um, about that for you that in terms of just the track itself? Because the style of racing that you were used to in the carts, I'm sure, was quite different from uh, what you found in the Legends cars, especially in the summer shootout, because that's so aggressive. There's a lot of difficult things about learning to race at the shootout specifically, but there's a lot of good that comes from it, too. Coming from karting, I race in a lot of really big fields, a lot of other carts out there. And just going out there and racing the shootout, it's a very similar atmosphere, having a lot of other people to worry about. Going out to the shootout, you know, we had, what, 20, 25 car fields, and this yeah. year we had 36 car fields. People had to be sent home for the first time in a long time. But going to learn at the shootout, I mean, it was definitely a challenge, but it was really fun learning to race in the pack and be able to push yourself and be consistent. Jordan, tell me about uh, Justice from your point of view and how he's grown and developed within your your team so far over the last year and a half or so. Yeah, Justice has uh, shown a, a lot of talent and a lot of potential, and uh, he's got a lot of raw ability, but it's it's untamed. So untamed. when we so when we started, we had to really like pull him back and try to get him reined in to improve. Uh, as far as keep, keeping the tires under him and stuff. So, for a long time, yeah. my nickname was Thunderfoot for a reason. You still got that. You still have that nickname. <laughs> no, 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 no. You are not Thunderfoot anymore. Um, and as funny as it, as, it, as it may be, as much as he <laughs> annihilated the tires and still does on occasion, in the rain, he's a master. And I have yet to understand how we, we light the tires up when, it's, when the track's dry and then when it's wet and everybody's sliding around on and off the racetrack, um, Justice is a top contender a threat to win every time i'll take a shot at that because i i can appreciate as somebody who's kind of understood the whole mental approach and what it takes to run a road course versus an oval i think the biggest reason that that's probably the case is because he reverts back to the programming he ha- programming he has in his head for not being thunderfoot because the road course is so different it's so much about perfection and, and and outbreaking somebody and that kind of thing and how you get into a corner that you know he's kind of got that program in him he's had to learn the program that tells him that you know when it's dry and you actually have more grip smoother and slower is actually faster right is that am i close to a degree i mean we didn't have a massive amount of horsepower on the cart so you could kind of just mash it down at times but it still required a lot of throttle control right now, I'm going to give Jordan a lot of credit for what he said, and I'm very thankful that you believe that. But now, honestly, when we started to come racing in the rain, I'd fly off the track. But after the second time, <laughs> after the second time racing in the rain, we, had, we were a top-running car, and especially on the road course. We raced on the road course three times, and every time I was up at the front battling with my fellow competitor, Cameron Boland. 
He was. That's <laughs> as Jacob can attest to. Cameron is. Uh, yes, Cameron he's a great a driver. He's a wheelman, good yes. young racer, and he's Cameron's never had the opportunity to really in the big car to really go out there and prove himself because he doesn't have the resources that a lot of the teams he races against do. But that's a kid with a lot of talent. If you were racing with him, doesn't matter road course or oval, you're doing good. Absolutely. I mean, we were right there with him. I couldn't quite get by him, but we had some really good battles. We put it too wide through the death tunnel. That was that was scary. Definitely scary. I'm, I'm sure Jordan was worried about me throughout there, but you know it's all right. Jordan, what, what when you when you work with these kids? I mean, what's the secret to developing these young drivers as they come from the Bandoleros to the Legends and up through? I think just unlocking the, I guess the way that you you just got to unlock what works for them. Uh, sometimes it takes tough love. Uh, sometimes you really have to pad the kid. Um, and really pet them, and to get them, to, to get them to go. The more you had to, some of them you had to give more confidence to, and then others you got to tear them down, and really show them that they've they've really got to work on uh, the technical part of their driving. And uh, at the beginning, Justice was a lot of hard work um, to get him going, but he kind of got thrown right into the lion's den at the shootout last year with really no experience, and it was rough at the beginning. Um, and then after six months and going in through the road course, he's made a big leap here in 2019. Uh, picked up his first oval win at Concord, which was pretty impressive. He outdueled uh, Tommy Good and Zach Miracle that night in the spring, and uh, we've we've uh, we've he's had a little bit of a rough spot there in the shootout, but I think he definitely turned some heads with some really positive runs toward the end. And I think it speaks a lot uh, about his talent and as well as our other drivers as far as the funding side. Uh, they don't have the big money that can go in to put uh, tires on uh, every couple races. They're having to run five and six races on tires, which is double what a lot of the front guys are doing. And those guys put their, their, their good motors in to run the shootout, and they're running the same motors they've been running all year. Uh, so from that aspect of it, I think uh, – not just justice, but just our team in general, uh, from front to back, all 14 or 15 drivers that we've got under our banner, uh, prove a lot, uh, from that aspect, from the funding side, not having that and being able to perform and compete in the top five and top 10 on a consistent basis. Jordan, what has that been like for you this year to have the team grow to include as many drivers as it has? I mean, I I can remember a couple years ago when you were just starting this deal and now to see where it's at today, it, it, it was kind of eye-opening for me earlier this year to go, okay, you're really, really busy all of a sudden. It, and it's been that it's been really busy and uh but it's not, it's been a lot of fun um you get a lot of different personalities uh but at the, at the end of the day all these kids want to go out and and do their best and win and that's what we try to to show them with our team okay so in about 30 seconds who helps you make all this happen justice well absolutely my father jordan my mother uh pat rogers foundation got landrum springs factory canopies Lucas Oil, we have a lot of people that really help us, but there's one thing I'd like to mention. It's my father and Jordan on the whole team as we've come together and we've started, started producing media for the team, Moonstar Media, and we've helped the team grow and develop and helped all these drivers get the chance to be part of Jordan's program and help them develop. Now, my, my coach here, Jordan, he's, he's done an incredible job of helping us all and paving the way for us all to have an incredible career.
Well, we're definitely excited about what you guys are doing and look forward to having you both back on at some point in the future. More of Lead Lap coming up around the turn. We'll be right back. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Motorsports sales professionals. Performance Motorsports is looking to build a team of experienced media sales professionals to represent our programming to the industry's top companies, magazines, and racing series. If you have motorsports sales or marketing experience, know how to work with agencies, understand social media, and are incredibly creative when it comes to working with clients and promotions, then we want to hear from you. Top performers are richly rewarded. Your imagination is the only limit here. Call 717-749-0444. That's 717-749-0444. Or email us at scorpionradiogroup at gmail.com. You want to ask for Sue. You are a waste. A loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas and get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Jesse Love, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back. League Lap continues here on the Performance Motorsports Network. And just to give you all some background, because this is the first live League Lap show that we've done in a while, uh, we've been actually in transition for the last three years or so. We have been based uh, in a studio that we kind of created for ourselves in Mooresville, North Carolina, known as Race City USA. We have now transitioned. We have an amazing opportunity to take all three of our live race chaser shows, which are 
This one, Lead Lap, on Mondays. Randy Miller's Inside Pass show on Wednesday nights. And uh, our Thursday night Motorsports Madness show. Take all of them to live television in the Charlotte market. We have uh, joined forces with WSIC's radio and TV media group based here in Statesville, about 20 minutes north of Mooresville. Um, this happens to be the, the building in which the very first live NASCAR broadcast took place in the state of North Carolina on the radio. This is the building in which uh, that took place uh, many, many years ago. So we're very excited to be basically combining forces with WSIC in order to make it possible to bring live locally based motorsports shows three nights a week to Charlotte television. They have a, an over the air station here at WSIC. It's uh, channel 25.2 in the Charlotte market. Also uh, access to continuum channel four, the local channel in the Mooresville market. So, um, in September, a couple of weeks into September, we are heading to live television. We're still going to be on Performance Motorsports Network. We're going to be on everywhere that we've been on, on the radio side, digital and otherwise. We are just adding live television to our our mix here and really excited about that. So we hope that you will be too and we will keep you posted as to uh, when we're we're doing that. But it looks like right now it's going to be Monday, September 9th will be the first official live television broadcast. You may happen to catch uh, some of our what we call what we're calling spring training broadcasts on TV coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but um, officially the first live one will be the September 9th show, which will be a lead lap show on Monday. Looking forward to that. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, and James uh, Mellick here in yes. the WSIC studio. And now that you've gotten mm-hmm. uh, well, all, all, everything <laughs> covered there. with yeah, uh, Well, my, my problem with that, I'd have been here right when the segment started if it okay. wasn't for Jordan taking five takes on one of the plugs. That's okay. Calabra, Calabra was a one-take Jake. And well, then, naturally. Then his justice boss comes is in and it's like, nope. Yeah, that, that kid is, uh, <laughs> that justice is a natural and he's very marketable and he's Absolutely. just a great kid. No, his that was a great interview. Done a great job with him and um, I think he's got a future in the sport if he, for uh, sure so yeah oh, we, by, hey by the way you mentioned tv yeah you do realize there's one bad thing about tv right well people get to actually see our ugly mugs <laughs> i was saying yeah, yeah that's yeah, exactly yeah, what i was referring to because you're uh, the one that's told me for the last five years i have a face for radio well that's uh, i'm i say that about myself first so it's kind of uh yeah just uh but it, it's basically the radio show with cameras. More or less. It's really what it is. It's, don't, it, let, don't let us scare you off. Yeah. It, it, I guess if we haven't scared you off already, we're, we're probably okay. James is dying to interject <laughs> something here. No? No, I'm good over here. Yeah, I'm just okay. saying the TV is going to be just as fun. You know, we're going to reach out to another crowd and oh, absolutely. bring them in here. Well, and it's and, fun and to do. Here's the other part about this that's going to be cool is once we get James really broke in well, then we've got a phone bank over here in the studio that we can actually start taking listener calls. Dun, dun. Dun, yes, dun. exactly. So you'll be able to talk to the oh, guests yeah. and talk to us and we can have some fun and debate some issues and all of that. Um, I don't think there's any debating the just, fact. That- just as long as you don't turn into Moody. God, God bless Moody, but I, I, I hear Moody on Sirius XM a couple times a week and I don't need to hear you too. I think I'm old enough to be a godfather. <laughs> <laughs> and I certainly don't look like one. 
I, although I don't know Moody does really either. I don't. I don't really know where all that came from. But uh, there's a story behind it. I'll I'm tell sure you another there is. day. I, it, it almost seems frightening. I don't know if I want to hear it or not. But anyway, uh, we lightning continue round. with this show. It's the lightning round, and it gives us a chance to get through some topics that. Because we had such a great time with our guests the whole night, we haven't really touched on. Uh, we talked about Matt DiBenedetto at, at the top of the show, the big announcement last week that Matt not returning to the 95 car. And um, we don't know who is, but I think we yes, know we who do. is. <laughs> let, I mean, let, let's just not even kid is ourselves. Is there any doubt that it's no. going to be Seabell? I mean, no, of course not. I mean, that's I just don't Christopher see. Bell is the heir apparent to the 95 team, and God bless them if they don't win a race next year. I'll be personally disappointed because De Benedetto, I think, this year has done more with a team that I didn't think was ready to win than I thought possible. And the fact that they now look ready to win ought to be really good news for all the all you Seabell fans waiting to see him in the Cup Series next year. Well, and, you know, this has been a great season for LFR. It's really been kind of like, hello, we're here. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and James, you're a part of the team working in the shop during the week. Uh, what's the atmosphere been like, especially the last few weeks? I mean, I've got to believe that everybody just skips into the uh, front door there and, and starts working every day now. Yeah, I can completely agree with you everybody does skip in there it's it's way better than it was it was always a great place to be oh of course but when you're running good it's of it course. feels that much better to sure. go into work i mean just like a race car driver he'll take it it's funner to get into a race car when he's running up front absolutely it's funner for us guys who are working on it to go and we're running up front as well great facility of people there we're all happy to work there and lately you know after this big run we just had uh we were happy to finish second but everybody was disappointed as well and to say finishing second you were disappointed because you knew you should have won that race, uh, just some circumstances didn't line up for you to win it. Uh, that's a really, really good thing to build on for sure for weeks to come. And Matt obviously ran good at road courses here mm-hmm. the last few weeks, is getting into a car this weekend at Road America. So after one good run, he goes to another good run here at Road America potentially. Could lead into good races at Darlington and Indy for the chase for us. Well, it's uh, certainly interesting. Playoffs, not chase. Playoffs. Playoffs. Yes. Hey, I, I am playoffs. Yes, I, I have playoffs. a t- tiny rant. By the way, mini mini rant. Mini rant. E- yeah, social media has been a disgusting place as far as I'm concerned the last couple of days in the terms of uh, of Bob Levine and family. Everybody that's been lambasting Bob and his son. Yeah, for, cut it out. Yeah, just just stop. Just stop. Lambast Toyota instead because it's all Toyota. Everything is Toyota. And I I applaud Bob and for I'm coming not, out. Yeah. You know publicly on Twitter and saying the moment they're in a position to field a second car, he wants De Benedetto in it, and that's going to be his first phone call. Too late. I believe it's going to be too late. I believe Matt De Benedetto will have something really good for next year. I don't know exactly where, but that becomes, this is the lightning round. This yes. is when we bounce topics. So where do you think Matt De Benedetto could land in 2020? Well, I heard an interesting scenario, but it's going to involve a little bit of help. Um, I believe that Matt DiBenedetto could end up in a very good position at Front Row Motorsports next year, actually taking over the seat of the 38. However, I don't believe that Matt DiBenedetto would make a move to take a step backwards. So I only see that scenario happening if the rumor I heard over the weekend comes to pass. And I believe Which it, is? I believe it will that you will see Front Row Motorsports take on, uh, for 2020, a technical alliance from Stuart 
Haas Racing. Would be about time. I think that yeah. should really happen because that also opens up another avenue for Cole for Custer, Cole Custer or Chase Briscoe when he gets, you know, the because I, I still think that Ford's going to have to expand their their future driver lineup here. They're the only manufacturer that doesn't have multiple in the pipeline. Toyota has too many. Chevy is is rapidly growing. Um, but Ford has not really expanded their their uh, development roster like I thought they would. And I think this is the time to do it. Because there may be some drivers from Toyota who may be good prospects for Ford to look at because there's not going to be room at the inn at Toyota because they don't have enough teams. Exactly. So, you know, I think uh, Ford would be wise to uh, to make this happen and elevate Front Row's program because Stuart Haas and Penske are clearly still the two top Ford teams. Um, Roush Fenway, who currently has the technical with uh, front row, yeah. Are, they're getting better, and it's been cool to see the growth over there. Um, even if Ryan Newman did cost Matt Demendedetto the win, and I know, yep. I know, I'm the I'm probably one of two of us in here in the studio who can say that I can and I am. Um, and you know, I understand Ryan's situation, but you know, colliding with the leader. Uh, because you're trying to stay off the bubble is dirty pool, in my opinion, and I'm disappointed that Ryan would have gone there. Um, but uh, you know, I think I think Matt may have a shot at at, at um, a, a top ride, and it's going to be interesting because there's always one or two shoes that drop very late in silly season, and I still think that we may have one or two guys announce retirements who may be surprises before the season. We'll just have to wait and see. It depends how the rest of the season goes for some of them. And, if, if, and, and you know, one of the top guys announcing a retirement throws the whole silly season set of dominoes um, up in the air and changes everything. So we'll see. I'm, I'm hopeful for Matt. I'd at least like to see him end up in one of JGR's um, Xfinity cars, if nothing else. Because see, I've see heard that, that I've heard win. that rumor too that if he doesn't land a Cup ride, that Gibbs would put him in one of the vacant Xfinity cars next year. I would hope so because he definitely is a championship driver in that series. If if that can happen, and, oh, without a know, doubt. But you know, let's keep in mind he's in the Joe Gibbs Xfinity car this weekend yeah. at Road America. Yep. Which is, uh, you know, again, coming off that big run at Bristol and with all the emotion that he's going to go out there with, boy, you better watch out for whatever car was he in the 18, I guess. Yeah. Uh, whatever yes, car he drives. Cause, it's going to have IK9 on it, too, as well, which might show why he followed him. I'm not sure if that's the reason why I followed him on Twitter that you guys brought up a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But it does have IK9 on the car. So, you know, that's going to be a, a car to watch this weekend because Matt's going to be loaded for bear and ready to go win himself a race. Okay, so real quickly, IndyCar at Pocono. Um, I thought this actually was a really good race. Okay, uh, here's the fundamental question everybody's asking. Is Pocono too fast for the modern IndyCar? Yes or no? Well, you got about a minute. Everybody's lambasting Pocono because of this weekend's incident, which I don't believe was a track or a car issue. I this agree. weekend's incident was a driver issue. Was a Takuma Sato issue. Yes, it was. I'm sorry, Taku. That was all on you. No, I don't believe Pocono is too fast for the modern Indy car. I believe these drivers need to just drive with their heads. Well, I agree, and I also think they need to grow a set in some cases because I, I, the, this, there's all too much conversation about 
getting away from these high-speed ovals. And I understand, obviously, Robbie Wickens' statements that he made about when are we going to decide that we need to divorce Pocono. Robbie, I love you, brother. But if you go back and look at the video, you could have done something different last year, too. So at the end of the day, I think both of those you could say were driver related. I do think Pocono needs to get rid of that catch fence, though, and put some so, something safer above the the wall um, because the Indy cars fly in a way that the uh, the NASCAR stuff doesn't. So you've got to right. they could definitely do better in that department. But I don't want to see him uh, lose Pocono. Uh, I would like to see more of these high-speed ovals, and I think IndyCar needs it. If you're going to take them off all the high-speed ovals, are you going to cancel the Indy 500 too? Because they go faster there than they go anywhere else. That was exactly the point that a couple of the top drivers, including Will Power, made. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, IndyCar could turn into Americanized Formula One and run a bunch of crappy street courses, but then nobody would watch it. So, correct. you know, keep them where they are. Okay, that's it. We're done. Lead lap is over for her. Wow. Well, thankful for all of our sponsors and Jacob and James. It's been a great show. Back next week with more. See ya. You've been listening to Lead Lap Radio powered by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Lead Lap Radio is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.